0: Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things that were behind and reaching forward unto those things which are before. I press towards the mark for the prize. Of The high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us, therefore, as many as be perfect, be also thus minded. And if in anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this thing unto you. Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 through 15. The Bible tells us to strive continually to be. Perfect, even as our Father in heaven is perfect. As we read very clearly, both in the Old and the New Testament, you can read this commandment given in Matthew chapter 5, verse 48. However, the context of this perfection, if you read through to the next chapter, you'll begin to comprehend is perfect love. Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 24, verses 36 through 40, that if we love God with all of our hearts and love others more than ourselves, then we will automatically do what the law and the prophets said. Even if we've never read it, you don't even have to know it. It'll be written in your heart as God promised. Because that love is the fulfilling mm-hmm. Of the law. Jesus said. That the world would know. That we were his disciples. In other words followers of his teachings. By our love. If the world cannot see love in us. Then it can't see. Jesus. Now understand this. That real love corrects. Because it wants what is best. For you real love is selfless. And I have to make this clear because there is a counterfeit that is very selfish and cares more about itself and its ease and its prosperity than in those around it. Real love does not tolerate sin because it knows that it will lead to destruction. So rather, real love is broken over it. Yet real love is also patient, kind, and enduring. Not condescending or condemning. It is concerned about the recipient of its correction. Love is not concerned about being seen, taking the lead, controlling others, or winning an argument. It is concerned about saving your life and your eternal soul from judgment. Scripture talks often about the perfecting of the saints, this constant pursuit of perfect love. This is because that once you have it, this great achievement of perfection, then the real battle comes to maintain it. Because attacks will come. Wounds will happen. Offense will try to pierce your armor. Of righteousness. Lies, accusations, and exhaustion will try to overtake you. Fear, worry, doubt, slander, betrayals, people will use you with selfish abandon until you are on the brink of breaking and your once soft heart will start to harden. And as this happens, the Holy Spirit will seem to be farther and farther away from you. Yet the voices that you are hearing will justify how you are feeling. And Before long, you won't even be able to tell the difference. Be careful when this happens, for you are out of right standing. You have strayed from perfection, and you risk being used by the accuser of the brethren. This will happen to all of us in our walk of sanctification at some point or another. It is a tactic that the enemy never tires of. Yet if you are diligent to keep seeking the Lord, if you keep pressing toward the mark of the high calling, then he will reveal to you when you are off of that narrow path and will call you back. He will show you when you are missing the mark, have hardened your heart, and also how to correct it. So receive the conviction with thanksgiving and repent of hard-heartedness, of a lack of compassion, of pride and of arrogance. Or of simply allowing other things to distract you and remove you from God's presence. Because the truth is this. Nothing will make you more like Jesus than spending time with him. Jesus himself tells us this in John chapter 15 verse 4 when he drives home the point of how important it is for us to connect and stay connected He says, abide, that means remain, remain connected, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except that it abide or remain in the vine. No more can ye, except you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth or remains in me, And I in him, the same will bring forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and will wither. He will dry up and men shall gather him and cast him into the fire where he will be burned. See, Jesus speaks very clearly here. About how to produce good fruit. He said, We cannot do it unless we are spending time with Him, abiding, remaining connected to the Holy Spirit. He says that if we fail to do this, if we get distracted, if we get offended, if we get prideful and think we can make it without Him, if we stop spending time and abiding, then we're going to dry up and stop producing those good fruits. And will be useless and cast into the fire. He tells us again in Matthew chapter 7 verse 19. That every tree that does not bring forth good fruit is cut down and cast into the fire. Wherefore you will know those who are truly connected to the root of his Holy Spirit. By the fruit that they are producing. In Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 we read this. That the fruits of the Spirit is first Love and then joy and peace and long suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness and temperance. Oh, the humility of the Holy Spirit emanating through us. It says that against these things there has never been a judgment given, and that they who are truly Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lusts. That would be those things that are drawing you away. From his presence. Have you put to death. The distractions. It's as if we live by the spirit. Then let us also walk by the spirit. Jesus told his followers this in John chapter 13 verse 34. A new commandment I give unto you. That you love one another. As I have loved you. In the same way that I have loved you. You also must love one another. And by doing this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. In other words, we're drawing from the root, the word, the teachings. The Holy Spirit was given to lead us into these great depths of revelation. To fill us with his spirit, to lead us, to teach us, to help us be connected. And if we do that, we will produce the good fruits of his Holy Spirit, of righteousness. So if you find yourself lacking in this, it's time to get back in the prayer closet. Get connected. Get in the word and ask him to reveal it to you. Let him soften your heart and show you who he really is. Again, the desperation in which you ought be seeking him and seeking to be like him. Paul said in our opening passage that he didn't feel like he had fully obtained that perfect love yet, but he was not giving up his pursuit of it. Yet he warns for those who had obtained to have the like mind as he did, assuming that they hadn't or else they would lose it. My friend, As we read in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, guard your heart with all due diligence. For out of it come all of the issues of life. Get in the prayer closet and let the Lord put a mirror before you so you can remove the speck out of your own eye before you go trying to fix everyone else and only do more damage in the process, because you can't wield the sword of the word of the Lord if you don't have the heart of the Lord. You'll cut people up. You'll commit spiritual murder in the name of the Lord. It is a serious thing to speak in the name of the King. The Bible says we will be judged for every idle word, how much more for those that we have proclaimed His name. That we have said came from him. Might have even been the truth. But was it in the right spirit? The Lord is speaking today. I hope you have ears to hear it. Don't allow yourself to become calloused. By the attacks or the lack of sweet fruit. In those around you. You be the difference. Get alone with Jesus. And let the Holy Spirit give you his heart again. Let him heal you and apply the balm of Gilead. Because what he did 2,000 years ago at the crucifixion was not only to take our sins. He also took our woundedness. So don't cling to it. Release it out to him he is more than willing to mend the broken-hearted when i see people that are frustrated and bitter and snappy and quick to offense or defensiveness i often think of a wounded dog that even when you try to help it it often snaps at you and bites at you thinking that you're going to hurt it you have to let jesus heal you Or you're going to end up biting those who were sent to help you. We are often willing to give up our perceived sins because we want redemption. We are often less willing to give him our woundedness because that it justifies our dysfunctions, our bitterness, our self-righteousness, our selfishness, our hardness. My friend, all of this is sin the opposite of who Jesus is. So if there is any prick of conviction in your spirit today because of this message, then you need to confess it as sin and repent because he is able and faithful to forgive and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. In our opening passage, Paul talked about apprehending perfection. So today I want to end this message with an image imprinted in your spirit and a revelation received through a question. Who is perfection but Jesus? Of course, as we mentioned in other passages, we see perfection described as agape love, which is a selfless, sacrificial, and enduring love. But who is this love but Jesus? The scripture tells us that God is agape, God is love. So, what Paul was really saying was that he strove daily to apprehend Jesus, to grab hold of him. He never stopped pursuing. Get a hunger in your spirit for it again—an urgency and a reverence by the revelation that it is His presence that changes us minute by minute, and that that is what it really means to be baptized in Jesus. Philippians chapter three, verses seven through fifteen, we read. A little more of the context around this concept. When Paul said, but the things that I used to consider gain to me, I now count them loss for Christ. He was willing to give up anything that hindered his pursuit of the presence of God. Yea, doubtless, he says, and I count all things actually, but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that is a worthless waste product, that I might win Christ, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. In other words, not doing what I think is right, and thinking I can obtain things by what I do, but doing what God says is right and knowing that I must pursue, I must seek and listen and obey and love and have communion and abide every day. He says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death, if by any means. In other words, it didn't matter what it cost him. It was still a joy to walk through every trial and fiery furnace of affliction with Jesus. He says that if by any means I might obtain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already obtained, neither were already perfect. In other words, he understood that simply saying a sinner's prayer wasn't going to get him into heaven or assure him a place in the resurrection, but that it was a daily pursuit of this perfection to learn every day how to walk in perfect love and to repent when he fell short of it. He says, but I keep following after him if that I may apprehend believing that I will obtain it, I will grab hold for that which also I am apprehended of Christ because he grabbed hold of me. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which were behind, where I failed and fell short, I lay it behind me. I don't wallow in the condemnation of it, but I press forward, he says, towards the mark of the high calling of the prize. I believe that I am forgiven, redeemed, cleansed, empowered, and I'm going to go back to spending that time with Jesus to be changed by him daily into his image. I'm not going to keep going back to who I was. I'm going to press forward into who he created and desired me to be from the beginning. Let us, therefore, he says, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. In other words, in the times when we are walking in full obedience and reflecting the perfect love of Jesus, then let us still Assume that we aren't and pursue with all of our heart. Lest we, in pride, begin to fall short. And he concludes it by saying, Lord, if there be anything wrong in our heart, we trust that you will reveal it to us. Oh Lord, let that be our prayer today. As David prayed, search my heart, O oh Lord, and see if there be any wicked way. In me, shine a light, O oh Lord, in every corner of our life. We want to be a reflection of your holiness and perfection. So we will close today with 1 John chapter 4, verses 16 and 17, where John says this very amazing thing. This was part of his confession of faith, and I pray that it can be part of ours today. He says, and we have known and believed the love that God hath towards us. Do you really believe that he loves you? That he was willing to pour out all of the resources of heaven and actually suffer for you? That he pursued you in a desire to apprehend you in order to save you? Want you not to desire to do the same? to pursue and apprehend the fullness of his grace, that we might reflect it to men who find it so hard to believe that it even exists. He says, we believe the love that God had towards us. And he continues by saying, God is love. Of course, we understand the word here translated to love is agape and it is specifically that godly, selfless, sacrificial, enduring love, the characteristics of which are manifested in all of the fruits of the Spirit, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, patience, temperance, humility, self-control, all of the characters that our Jesus came to show. He says, God is this kind of love. And he that dwelleth in this kind of love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein, therefore, is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because that as he is, so were we in this world. This is not some future thing to be bestowed when we are in eternity. This is a gift that has been given and made available to us right now presently in this world in order to reflect him to those who need to see him before they face the final judgment, never having really believed how much he loved them.